Hello and welcome. You're listening to another episode of the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne, and it's my mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference and to navigate the sometimes messy worlds of startup, growth, or relaunch. And today we're going to dig deep with our guest and get you some great concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And our special guest today is Dr. Kelly Frindell. And the, Dr. Kelly is a, the owner of in-house test prep. She helps young students manage the stress of test prep and achieve the scores of their dreams. So welcome to the show, Kelly. I'm anxious to hear what you have to say. Thanks so much for having me on. Good. I'm looking forward to it. So why don't we start out by you telling everybody where you're hanging out today? So I am actually hanging out on Maui in Hawaii. And I am from Texas. My business is based out of Texas, but I've been in Hawaii for a little bit of time. Oh, my. A a working vacation or just an extended trip? Well, it started out as a one-month trip, and then I basically didn't leave. And so I took my business online a couple of years ago, and I'm now location independent. So I am location independently living here at the moment. Well, good for you. You could pick a lot lot worse places to to stay. (laughs) So uh, what inspired you to get into this particular business? So this is not actually what I intended to do with my life. I thought I was going to be a clinical psychologist and I prepared myself all the way through high school and all the way through college to go to grad school, to be a clinical psychologist and a a psychology professor. And when I was a senior in college, I had to take the GRE, which is a standardized test for grad school. And I had to learn 1,040 vocabulary words. And after I learned those words and took my test, I thought, well, I should do something with all these words that I just learned. And at the time, the SAT and the GRE were very similar to each other. And so I got hired by one of the major test prep companies and learned how to teach test prep from them. And then I continued to do it on the side while I was in grad school. And then when I finished grad school, I actually ended up starting my business in test prep and not in psychology as I had planned. Okay. So it was a a kind of a transition from a part-time job to to a full-time career then. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So once you got started, what were the, some of the big challenges you faced? Well, like I imagine our challenges for most people, finding clients was really hard in the beginning. And I started my business in 2007. So the landscape of the internet was really different. Craigslist was just starting to really become prominent and the social media hadn't really taken off quite in the same way that it had now. And so I was trying to find students and parents and families in a location that I was brand new to. I had just moved to Austin and I was starting from scratch. And so really finding those first few students and those first few connections were the things that were most challenging. And then finding work that was sustainable over time. I had about six different jobs those first few years. I had my hands this and a little bit of this and that. And over the years, I've been able to drop back some of those those jobs and those sources of income as my business has taken off more full time. Okay, so once you've gotten through the the typical bumps in the road for a starting entrepreneur, what's your current focus? So right now I am shifting my business a little bit because the landscape of test prep is changing. And as with many industries, COVID has really disrupted everything in education. And a lot of 
universities and colleges have actually gone to what's called test optional, which is where schools say you can decide if you want to send your test scores or not for SAT or ACT. So a lot of people are deciding, oh, it's optional. I don't have to do it. And there are a lot more nuances to it than just you can decide not to do it. But I'm finding that my market has shifted and changed. So I'm working on trying to find some different markets. I also work with students who prepare for boarding school and private school entrance exams. And those are some of my younger students. And so I am, I'm also dipping my toe into social media and different things and trying to figure out what works because the landscape and what has worked pre-COVID is really different now. Yeah, yeah, things have changed rather abruptly, especially in education um, over the last couple of years. So uh, since the, you know, the change and you're seeing the market shift uh, in, in your business, um, do you have any particular vision or goals for your business for the next three years and, and maybe a plan for getting there? Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to expand my reach across the country because for 15 years I was all local in Austin, Texas, and I had a system that worked. I had a referral base. Parents and students sent me their friends and their siblings, and I had some professionals I worked with who sent me students as well. And that base has, has changed over the past few years. So I've really been working to increase my outreach and increase the exposure of my name in different areas. And I've tried a lot of things that haven't worked all that well. I've tried Facebook ads more than once, which were not very successful for me. I've tried the funnels, I've tried the social media. And what I have finally realized in the last couple of months is I've always known my business is a referral-based business. That's how you get tutors is you tell your friend or you tell your cousin or you send somebody there. And I have really been focused on seeking out parents because I was thinking, oh, that's my market. I should be trying to find parents in these different locations. And I finally realized I actually need to be making connections with the people who can refer students to me. So people in adjacent industries to mine. And it's taken me a long time to get there, but I finally realized, oh, that is actually what I need to be doing. And in the last few months, I have been reaching out to people on LinkedIn and I just email them and I say, I'm interested in your business. And it's mostly educational consultants who are people who work with same students as me, but they they help them get into college. And I say, I'd like to learn more about your business. Would you like to learn more about mine? And we hop on a phone call and I've spoken to about 80 or 90 people in the last few months. And that is a really direct way for me to get my name out there. And it took a while to get there, but it, it seems to to be a successful shift for me. So your your vision for the next three years would would be to to make that shift and and have a uh, some good options to bring you business uh, from whatever sources you, mm -hmm. you yeah, focus so, on? Yeah, because it's very hard to break into new communities because school communities tend to be pretty closed. They've already got their people they know and trust. And it, it just randomly showing up on a Facebook ad is not a very good way to find a specialized tutor, which is what I am. And so, yes, getting my name out there expanding my business with my younger students who are doing the private schools and the boarding schools. And then I'm also looking at other avenues to pursue too that are adjacent, such as math tutoring. And I have some ideas about, I want to work with students who have math anxiety. And so I'm doing some trainings related to that because I've, I've been so focused on test prep and it's been working and I have been able to get away from having the multiple sources of income, but I realized I got to get back to it because nothing is ever guaranteed. 
Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, the only guarantee is things are going to change. So exactly. you got to be able to pay attention to those changes when they come and adapt. So uh, developing strategic partnerships is, it sounds as if that's what you're doing. Yes. By, and and that's that's always been a, a great way to, to expand the business. Mm -hmm. And I've always been afraid to do it because I wasn't sure I necessarily had, could could have a entirely reciprocal relationship because I don't always necessarily have referrals to send back, but there are other ways that I've been realizing that I can work around that. I can offer a referral fee. I can also offer to do free webinars for parents that I can offer to their audiences as well that will help them. And so there are other things that I have to offer other than necessarily a one-to-one -one referral of if you send me someone, I for sure have someone to send you back because I don't always. Right. Well, as long as there's some sort of a quid pro quo, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you scratch exactly. my back, I'll scratch yours. That that works out well. So uh, tell me, I mean, you've been talking about the people that you serve, but what's your ideal client look like and uh, how do they find you? So typically they do come via referral. Um, generally from other parents or other professionals. And I really like working with students and families that are motivated. They don't, the students don't necessarily have to be the very top performers. I know some other test prep people who only work with the people who are likely to get close to perfect scores or they, in the education field, they call them high flyers. And a lot of my students are really more in the middle and they may have learning differences. They might have anxiety. They might have ADHD, something else going on. And so they're not traditionally the people who are going to score at the top or the, necessarily the people looking to go to Harvard or Yale, but they are interested in improving their scores. And with test prep, the thing about it is most people can improve their scores. There are a few people, there's other things going on, they probably are not. But for everyone else, even the people who think they're bad test takers, because I have people come all the time, they're like, I'm a bad test taker. It's usually not true. Usually what's true is they haven't learned the skills they need, or they have some gaps, or they just, they don't know the stuff yet because it's something new. And so I, I really like those families where they know there's improvement to be made. They're not necessarily over the top of this is the most important thing and they have to get a perfect score because they have to go to these schools. And I, I really think there's lots of options in life and there's lots of colleges and there's lots of places you can go to be happy. And school is mostly what you make of it. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. So, uh, we're getting toward the end here. Is there a question maybe I should have asked you that I haven't that you'd like to answer? I don't know if it's a question so much, but one piece of advice that I received really early on that I found super helpful and I'm using it right now is when I was in my 20s, one of my friends who was a very successful business person, he told me, he said, people like to help. So don't be afraid of asking for help because people, most people are inclined to do want to help you in some way. And so I, I've always been afraid of asking for help because I grew up very much, you know, you do it yourself and you don't need to rely on others. But it's really true. People like to help. I like to help when people ask me. And so as I'm trying this outreach and doing these different efforts, I've gotten a lot braver about just reaching out to people and saying, hey, I need some help some help with something, would you be interested in helping me? And not in an exploiting way or anything like that, but it turns out, yep, they, they generally will. And so, and, and sometimes they say no, and that's fine too, but I've, I've gotten over being afraid of that rejection. And I find that that's been a really important asset to my business. Well, I think that's a extremely good advice for anybody involved in any entrepreneurial venture. So I'm, I'm going to use that to, to, um, 
put a great end to this particular episode. So that's a wrap for another great guest episode of the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs. And just before you go, if you liked it, please give us a five-star review and maybe share it with a couple of friends. And if you want to uh, catch up on some past episodes and make sure you don't miss any of the ones that are coming in the future, go to evolvepreneursecrets.show. And if you're an entrepreneur and you've got a great idea in your head, let's get it out there today.